Hey, uh, well, this feels just a, a little bit uh, strangely familiar, doesn't it? We're here again. We are uh, back to, uh, I, I guess, a, a scenario where we, where we honestly didn't want to be. We, we enjoyed the time when we were able to come back together and, and just worship together and, and be together. And uh, so this morning, uh, we have just a, a slightly different plan to what we, what we thought we were going to have in terms of a, um, our teaching plan. Uh, we were just, just this week uh, looking through the, the, what we were going to be teaching through over the next few weeks and thought it looked like it was lining up reasonably well. Uh, then, as, I guess, as the mood changed this week around the country, um, it was just sitting a little uneasy with me. So this morning we have taken a little bit of a different attack. We're, we're also uh, very aware that the kids are with us in terms of back in your homes with the with the live stream there, and uh, and so we put the the topic of the election just um, aside just for a little while. We'll see if we can come back to that. And a slightly different plan. So we are looking at Psalm 23 this morning. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, and it's a it comes at a time when we are just faced, I guess, with a potential. We hope not, but a potential new wave uh, in this pandemic. Some who are struggling to, to trust those around us, some, some struggling to trust the, uh, perhaps the, the government, some that are tr- uh, struggling to trust, uh, the, uh, some that uh, maybe aren't playing by the rules out there, uh, some even struggling to trust God. And, uh, and God knows this, and uh, God has, uh, obviously, he, he brought this, uh, this scenario about, this is all under his sovereign care and sovereign guidance. And so this week, we come to Psalm 23 to hear about his goodness and, and his mercies. Psalm 23 has been a favorite for, I was going to say centuries, but essentially 3,000 years. Uh, this psalm has been in existence and has been for 3,000 years. It's been a source of comfort and it's been a source of encouragement. Uh, if we didn't know the Lord, if we didn't know the Lord and his good hand in guiding us, we could very well, uh, particularly in some pockets of the world at the moment, we could be petrified, absolutely petrified of what is going on. But because we do know the Lord, this psalm speaks to us in a directly uh, it speaks to us directly, and it speaks to us in an amazing way. So let's, if you've got your Bibles, uh, let's uh, turn to Psalm 23. I also do have it on the uh, on the screen. I'm not sure how that is going to uh, be presented to you back at home, but uh, but the the text will be on the on the screen here at least. So Psalm 23. I'm going to read it off the uh, the screen there, so I can flick through as well. A familiar psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray as we uh, get into this psalm here. Our Father, this is 
uh, a chapter of the Bible, one of the, the Psalms which has been a favorite for many of us for many, many years. And it's been a favorite of your church for 2,000 years. And it's been a favorite of your people for 3,000 years. And so we, uh, we want to uh, be humbly coming before you this morning as we read through this Psalm. And we want to humbly uh, look at it and just see how it is that we could learn about you from it. And uh, more than that, be comforted by you from it and be encouraged by you from it in a time uh, that is uncertain and a time uh, that we can feel like uh, we, we are out of, uh, out of control. We can't control the things that are going on around us. So, so we just ask for your blessing on this morning and that this would be a, a psalm that uplifts us, a psalm that points us towards your goodness and a psalm ultimately that points us towards your son, Jesus. And so we thank you for this time here, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There is, when you, when you look at this, uh, this psalm, and I've entitled the, 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 the sermon very, very simply, The Lord is my shepherd. And when you look at this psalm, you realize that either God is your shepherd, or realistically, there's really only one other option, and that is for ourselves to be our own shepherd. Uh, we, we, we have the option of God either guiding us through our life, or we have the option of trying to guide ourselves through our life. Maybe you find a few advisors that you might find helpful. There's a, there's a, a whole lot of advisors out there online at the moment through social media and whatnot. Um, and maybe you find some of those helpful, but, but you're either going to have God as the guide for your life, as a shepherd for your life, or you're going to try and guide yourself through life. And I find... Uh, in my experience, when I try and guide myself through my life, that's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster, and it's very, very rarely, a very, very, in a real sense, a recipe for discouragement. I start to look at myself, and I get discouraged. I, I look at my failures, and I get discouraged. I look at my limited abilities, and I get discouraged. I look at my limited opportunities in life, and I get discouraged. When I make me the measure of my abilities or my potential, then I get discouraged. And the thoughts in my, in my head then start to actually become the exact opposite of what we've just read in Psalm 23. There's a pastor I know who actually wrote a poem just recently, which is a rewrite of Psalm 23, looking at it, looking at it as if he was his own shepherd. And I want to share that with you because I found it quite helpful and, 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 and quite, a, quite an interesting and quite a stark contrast. Let's read through the, uh, Psalm 23 as if I am my own shepherd. And hopefully this is on your screen as well. I'll read it to you. I am the shepherd of my soul. I always seem to crave something that I can't reach. I lie down, but I don't rest. I can take a vacation amidst peaceful scenery, but the scenery never seems to bring peace to my soul. I drive myself. I do my own things. I express myself because that's what's right, and I want to make a name for myself. When life gets dark and I can feel the shadows of death, I am terrified. I'm unraveled. I'm an anxiety attack. I'm alone. And I hurt myself and others with the weapons of my defenses. Still, I set my own table for a good time. I'm going to enjoy myself, even if there are haters around me. I indulge myself. I pamper myself wherever I can, but emptiness haunts me and follows me and won't leave me alone. Soon, 
I'm going to die. Interesting contrast, isn't it? A stark contrast. Either the Lord is going to be our shepherd or we're going to be our own shepherd. And the difference, I think, couldn't be more stark. And so what I want to do here for the time that we've got is to show us how Psalm 23 gives us a hope that nothing of this world can give. So uh, this isn't going to be a a kind of a typical uh, three-point sermon or anything like that. What I'm going to do is just like give you 10 snippets from these six verses. A really quick, short psalm, 10 little snippets from the six verses. So we're going to just walk through the psalm. I'm going to have the psalm up on the screen and just try and bring out, uh, highlight a couple of... Uh, little bits as we go along. So firstly, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Um, and, and I've highlighted that word. He is my shepherd. We have a flock of sheep that, uh, that graze near our house. Um, and, and at the moment it's lambing season. So there's a bunch of lambs uh, running around. And one thing that you notice if you look at sheep and particularly lambs is, and those, particularly those little lambs, they are rebellious. They, uh, they, will, they will come in for, to their mum and get what they want in terms of a feed, and then they're off. They're off playing with each other, and they're off going under fences and into, into things that they shouldn't. One of the things that we noticed when we had pet lambs for, you know, the agricultural day thing a few years back is that when those lambs get out, and they do, they just do everything they can to get out because they are rebellious. They go straight for the stuff in the garden that, A, that you don't want them to get into, and B, the stuff that will make them sick. It's just the way that they are. The, the whole, what I'm saying is these, le- these lambs, these, these sheep, they need a shepherd. And we have an amazing shepherd. We have the Lord God as our shepherd. And uh, notice how, how David actually says he is my shepherd. There's no, there's no if. If God's my shepherd, or, or I hope so, I hope God, my, the, the Lord is my shepherd. There's no, the Lord is my shepherd, but there's a real confidence there. The Lord is my shepherd. And, and in fact, and sorry, I haven't really brought it out on the, on the, on the screen here, but if you were, if you're reading a, a, a modern translation, you'll notice that the word Lord there is all caps. Now, if you've got your Bibles, uh, grab it and have a, have a look there. The word Lord is all caps, which means there for, for modern translations, the, the underlying Hebrew word is Yahweh, which is the personal name for God. And so what, uh, so when, when, uh, David is, is, is writing here, he is saying Yahweh, the great I am of the Bible, the great I am that appeared to Moses in the bush and said, I am, this is my name, the great I am that, that with the 10 plagues, the 10 mighty plagues brought, brought, brought Israel out of uh, Egypt and, and brought them to the Red Sea. And when they thought they were cornered, the great I am parted the waters, made, made huge big water towers on either side so that they could walk through and then closed them back in on the Egyptians. That is that wonderful, amazing, almighty God who is my shepherd. I just want to try and let that sink in just a little bit. God Almighty is personally connected with me. He is personally concerned about looking after me. If you cast your eye down the, down the psalm, if you've, if you've got your Bibles there, you'll notice that this is a very personal psalm. It is full of me and my and I. This is, this is very, very personal, and, and God wants to know us personally. David had a very clear and personal relationship with God. So I want to ask the question then as we, as we move through this. Do you know God personally like this? Because you can, just like David did, and God wants you to. He wants to be your shepherd. And if you're a, 
a Christian and you, and you say, yes, that God is my shepherd, I want to perhaps then, uh, then push back just a little bit and ask how much did, the, did that converse uh, psalm, that poem, perhaps ring true in your life? How much are you actually being shepherded by God or how much perhaps are you being shepherded by your own will, your own wants you, and perhaps the, the worldly desires around you? All right, so the Lord is my shepherd. The next one, the Lord is my shepherd, but and I shall not want. He satisfies my wants. He, he, he satisfies what I need. Now, this is not, he doesn't mean he gives, every, gives me everything that I want, but that which I need. He doesn't necessarily give us those things that we think we need. And in fact, sometimes, sometimes the things that we feel like we might want or, or need, God starts to take away. But as He does, as He does that, He never stops giving because He knows what we need. He knows what it is that will fulfill us. He knows what it is that uh, we need in this life, and He never stops giving that for us. So when you're at your wit's end, God gives to us. He gives it Himself. We are under the shepherding care of God, and He supplies all our needs. We might think we need the latest iPhone, we might think we need a car upgrade, we might think we need a new coffee machine, whatever it might be, but God then comes and gives us what we really need. He gives us living water, as Jesus said. So we won't thirst anymore for the things of this world. He comes to give us all our daily needs. The, the, the birds of the year are taken care of. And so, how much more will we, as children, be taken care of? So, the Lord is my shepherd, I tell him I want. And he makes me lie down, so he gives me rest. It's fantastic. We live in a life of rest, don't we? We live in a life that is just full on and full pace. We live in a life of anxiety. Uh, particularly when we start to see things like that. Uh, I, I remember it was on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday night or Tuesday night? And, you know, the little, the little notification just popped up on the phone saying that the phone is getting an emergency briefing for the past minute. It was Tuesday night, was it? And I remember just kind of thinking, wow, that was just a, just a, you know, just a landmark moment because here it comes again. The, the pandemic is just coming back and it's affecting us again. And, and, and the wave of anxiety that potentially moved through the and uh, moved through the nation uh, was significant. And God wants us to, wants to replace our anxiety with His peace because He gives me rest. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down, and that, that picture of rest and that nourishment is in the green pastures. I, I, I look up sometimes and see the, the feet that are nearby us, and uh, after they have their fill, they do, they just lie down, and they are content, they are happy. And they seem to have no, no worries. They have faith in the paddock there. And the shepherd who is, uh, who is our neighbor, and um, he looks after them, and, and he makes sure that they are all okay. So he gives me rest. We're going to keep moving through these two little snippets uh, from the summer. By the way, I'll just uh, take a little, little pause here. I didn't mention that at the beginning, but the, the, the chat is, is open. And I'm not sure if the text number has been put on the screen, but uh, you can feel free to uh, dialogue back and forth just a little bit on either of those, on either of those mediums, um, because it's, uh, yeah, otherwise you can feel like it's very, just one way, move towards a camera. So feel free to do that. So he gives us rest. And he restores my soul. 
But that's pretty phenomenal. When he, when he gives us rest, when he, uh, uh, he gives us everything we need so that we don't want, and then he gives us rest, those things are leading us towards having a restoration in our family. He gives us rest with the green pastures and the still waters. Again, this very lovely uh, nature-based ideas on how God restores us. He gives us quietness and amongst a busy, busy, noisy life. He gives restoration to the soul. So are you at the moment in the midst of a rut? Are you in the midst of anxiety? And God has restoration for you. Are you broken? Because God can heal you. He's scared of the future. Because God has the future in the palm of his hand. Are you wrapped with guilt? Because God brings forgiveness with no condemnation. He restores his us. He restores rest. And he gives us rejuvenation. So he restores my soul and he leads me in paths. Notice that he is the actor. Notice that God is the actor. He's the one that leads me. And he wants to take you through this life. He is a good shepherd. He is a shepherd who, who wants to lead us, who wants to lead his sheep, who wants to take us down uh, the paths of life. And notice that it is paths of righteousness. These are good paths. His leading is right and his leading is good. And he does that for his name's sake. He is, he is all about us in terms of he is all about caring for us. But he has that in mind for his great glory. His, uh, he is keen for us to be part of his incredible story. So he leads my time. And then, then the journey that the psalm takes a little bit of a, bit of a different tone. You see the first three verses. Uh, I'm talking about, I'm talking about God, the Lord of my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores me. He leads me. And then in, four, in the fourth verse, and then towards the end, actually David starts talking to God. I will, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. But it says that God removes his fears, and he does that with his presence because he is the God is with that he is walking through a valley of shadow of death with God with him. We are going to walk through difficult times. And when we do start walking through different difficult times, that's when David started to talk to God. And when we start to walk through, through difficult times, that's when we just start crying out to God. If you're walking through some difficult times at the moment, this COVID pandemic has uh, taken its toll in the country. And we felt like it, it, it gave us a massive hit, and we felt like we were starting to recover. And now we wonder, uh, are we coming to make a massive hit again? If you're walking through difficulties, and I know some uh, there might be financial difficulties, it might be, and uh, there might be medical difficulties, it might just be uh, just, uh, concerns and anxiety around what's going on. And I encourage you to start talking to God. When David walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that's when he started talking to God. And notice that the verse doesn't say that we walk in the valley of the shadow of death. It says that we walk 
through the belly of the shadow of death. There is light at the end of the tunnel. This is not a lifetime's worth of, of just walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And notice there that it doesn't say that there is no evil. What it says there is that I will fear no evil. That is very, very clear that the, the fact that there is evil and, and God is leading him through that valley and God is leading him through that valley of the shadow of death. Because God takes us through those paths. He takes us through those paths because he wants to teach us. He wants to, to lead us and guide us and he wants us to start relying on him more and more and turn towards him more and more. There is going to be suffering in this life. This verse actually is pretty clear about it. Even though I walk through that valley, that valley of the shadow of death, there will be suffering. But suffering, minus any sort of purposeful meaning, causes despair. If you are walking through suffering, and even if you're walking through a valley of the shadow of death, and you don't have a purpose or a meaning behind that suffering, then it will cause you to leave it, and it will lead you towards despair. God has a great purpose for your suffering. He is leading you. He is leading you through it. He is leading you, leading you towards something better. He is making you something for His glory. He wants to make you more like Jesus. And as He does that, in verse 4, so God comforts me. He comforts me with his provision. He, with his, uh, David's already told us that he's going to make us lie down and repast because he's going to give us good things. And so he comforts me. And notice that he has these two things there, the rod and the staff. The staff is there for protection. And the protection against anything else that might come into the trying to take the feet. And so he's got the staff there. And he's also got the discipline there. And as we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, he is going to comfort us and he is going to uh, lead us and he's going to protect us and he's going to include us. He's going to make us more like Jesus. All right. I thought it was going to be 10 foot points. Seven of them. Here we go. The last two verses. This is where it starts to get really. Uh, I, I guess it challenges our concept of God a little bit because in verse 5, God serves me. He serves me. Look at that. He prepares a table before me. He sustains me. Even though I, I'm not worthy of God serving me, of God, of God doing this for me, God loves me. And He cares for me. And He even serves me. He prepares a table for me. In fact, He is. Uh, he is preparing a table and he is extravagant towards me. Look at that. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. I'm not worthy of his love and yet he anoints my head with oil. We remember the extravagance of Mary Magdalene by uh, doing this to, to Jesus and pouring the oil over him. And, uh, and just the, the disciples saying that this was an absolute extravagance. And that's what God does for us. And, uh, and, and David carries on to say, my cup overflows. There's so much to give. I, I can't even take all of it. I can't even receive all of it. Because he just keeps on giving. He is extravagant for me. His love for me is extravagant. His love for you is extravagant. This comfort, this, this provision that he wants to give you is not necessarily going to be the things that the trinkets of this world for those things that you store in the in the counterstone beforehand. Those things we'll, we'll keep on reaching for them, but we'll never be satisfied with those things. 
to do is extravagant and exorbitant provision for me that the very essence of himself he gives himself to me and comforts me with his wonderful provision. He's extravagant to me. And then he guarantees my eternity. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't get much better than this. There's a reason I think that David left us towards the end of the psalm. He was devoting and building. And the Lord is my shepherd. He looks after me. And his life, he takes care of me. He makes me lie down. He is, he just, he is good to me. And he, and he even gives me things in this world that I don't deserve. He anoints my head with oil. My cup just overflows with his goodness. And then it climaxes with the, with the statement that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord, I've ever noticed the word, I shall. There is no doubt here with David. He knows that he is going to live with the Lord forever. And if God is your shepherd, you are going to live with the Lord in his house forever. We don't deserve this kind of relationship. We don't deserve this kind of goodness and this kind of mercy, but this is all about God's mercy and God's goodness. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then he guarantees that this, uh, this eternity that, that is before us, he guarantees that we can live with him forever. So, one little bit that says we, as we uh, finish up here, we walk through the sun. But there's one thing that, uh, that I think, if we would just, just walk through the sun, I think it's been good to, good to consider it, good, good to consider how, um, how David wrote it and how David would have understood it. But, uh, but I guess we have an advantage over, over David. He wrote this psalm and he knew God, absolutely. And I think he, he probably uh, knew God in a way that some of us might be, uh, might be a, a little bit uh, jealous of it. He clearly knew God in a, in a, in a really intimate way. And we have, we stood on the other side of Jesus' life and death and resurrection here on this earth. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said that he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd, and he was, he was the one that connects back to this Psalm 23, and we can very, very clearly and very rightly say that Jesus is the God of Psalm 23. He is the good shepherd, and in fact, he was so good, he was so loving and caring and comforting and, and extravagant to us that he laid down his life for the sheep. Jesus loves and cares for you personally. So much so that he gave his life for you. So I guess the question then is, the question that we've been asking all along is, do you know God as your shepherd? But I want to just drill into that just a little bit, a little bit deeper. And do you know Jesus personally as your shepherd? Do you know Jesus personally as your savior? He is the one that can rescue you from the, the, the sin that is that is ripping through your life and, and, and destroying your life. He's the one that, that, that more than that, the thing that is destroying your life also is destroying your eternity, destroying your future. While you still have sin that is, uh, that is inside you as well, while you still have sin that is indwelling you and that is part of your normal life, then that, the Bible says that that will lead to death. That will lead and an eternal death, and an eternal separation from God's goodness. And so Jesus then came as the good shepherd to die and lay down his life for the sheep. When I look at the sheep that are outside and, and the paddock that are near my face, 
there is no way that I could imagine anyone wanting to lie to lay down their life for Jesus. Being being a whole lot higher above us than honoring above those people in heaven. He came down to earth and he laid down his life for us. Such incredible love. Such incredible love. And if you take Jesus as your personal shepherd and personal savior, Place your faith in Him for the forgiveness of your sin. That sin that is destroying your life, that sin that is destroying your future, that gets taken away, and so you get to enjoy life. As just as, as David said, you can surely you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so I encourage you as the, as you consider the Psalm 23. Uh, if you if you've read through this and, and thought, you know what, I don't know God as my people, I don't know Jesus as this good shepherd, then I encourage you today, today to place your faith in Christ so that He can take away those things and that you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you can know God, you can know Jesus as your shepherd right here, right now, as you walk through this. Difficult life, this life that is filled with uh, valleys, this life that is filled with the shadow of death, this life that is filled with pandemics that are causing valleys and shadows of death. You can know Jesus as your keeper through all of them. Let's pray as we uh, finish up here and then uh, as the thing comes up, I might just address one or two questions as well. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the ability to do. Look at this garden and consider what it is that you have done for us. You are a good people. You are one. You are one who leads us beside quiet waters. You are the one that restores our soul. You are the one that that is extravagant to us. And we thank you that you have done all this for us, and that you will continue to, and you will take us to be with you and live in your house forever. So I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you that we can trust you in this time of pandemic, and that we can trust you in this time of real uncertainty around the world. We pray that you just continue to lead us, guide us, and bless us. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. I think it's going to be the end. We've had one question that has come to mind. Quickly address it. What do you think the in the presence of my enemies that is all about? What for David it was a real thing. He had enemies all around him, didn't he? And he had things that were pressing in on him. Read some other uh, some of the other stuff. And read Second Samuel. His life was uh, was filled with enemies. For us, I think in this side of the cross, we uh, our enemies in the New Testament are, are almost always explained as spiritual enemies. And so, uh, and yes, in this world, and notice that that, that, that verse 5 there says that, that God sets the table in the presence of my enemies. In this world, God is going to bless us. He's going to give us things. He's just, he, is, uh, he is really generous, but He gives us of Himself, even in the presence of my enemies. Our enemies are all around us in terms of the, the spiritual powers of this world, the devil wants to get at us, but uh, His demons want to get at us. And I think those, uh, and, and he is just going to still give us of himself and his spirit to us, even in the presence of our enemies. So those enemies want to get us, and they, they want to be all around us. Um, but God is good, even in those things. Thanks for the question. Um, I think that's all of it. I've got a bit of time just waiting here behind me, so we'll, uh, we'll let us carry on with the service. Thanks.
Thanks, Brad. We 